That's it to right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds. Here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the greatest Red Sox podcast you have ever listened to the pesky poll podcast how you guys doing today today is more of a joyous episode for me i am recording this at midnight on tuesday night into wednesday morning why am i recording this on midnight on a completely random day because i have been struggling hard with my schedule so i'll explain that in a little bit but first i want to ask guys how you guys doing today it's been a little bit since i've seen you it's been about two weeks. Hope you guys are doing okay. I'm sorry for the lack of uploads. I will explain in a minute. But we have some amazing Red Sox news to get into. It's the comeback. All right, don't call it a comeback because we're never out of it. But Yankees still suck. Red Sox are doing great. Tampa is surprising us all. Tampa's doing insanely well. So we have a lot of news to get into. Plus the come up and call up of one of our young guys brought over in the Mookie Betts trade, Connor Wong. So make sure you guys stick around for that. And finally, we have a little insider that a, a team that's close to the Red Sox might be targeting the same guys come the trade deadline. So we'll get into all of that once we get into the episode. So make sure you stick around for the entire episode for me. It truly, truly does mean the world to me. But Spotify and iTunes gang, actually, no, I always introduce the YouTube YouTube. How you guys doing? If I even upload this, I've been I've been straying away from YouTube a little bit, mainly just because I don't know the the episodes just naturally do better on Spotify. I think that's just how it works. So I just been blowing them up to the Spotify and iTunes gang and others. How you guys doing today? I hope you guys are having an amazing day, and I hope you guys truly do enjoy these episodes. If there's anything you think I can improve on, please let me know, and I will get that done to the best of my ability. But with that being said, why have I been gone for two weeks? Why didn't I upload last week? Uh, your boy got a new job, right? Your boy's been working at Dairy Queen, just a summer job, you know, making some money. They put me in for a crap ton of hours and I've been having to go just back and forth and back and forth on my days off, which Wednesday is a day off for me. I got to go landscape. So I've literally had no true days off. True Belichick motto no days off in the past two weeks so it's it sucked trying to find time to do this because i can do them when i get home but it's what midnight right now and i'm finally getting this done i got off at 10 right got out showered sat in the hot tub you know get your feet up sit in the hot tub enjoy your life right i got i went and sat in the hot tub for a little bit finally got myself clean to cleaned up clean together and coming to show you guys this but the problem is i can't have any guests on so the next time i do it has to be on my off day at night hello thank you for being loud while i'm trying to record at midnight but either have to try and do that or 
record in the morning to see if I get a guess or record on my day off, which never ever lands on a Sunday. Sadly, I don't. I don't have a Sunday off this week. I don't have a Sunday off next week. Wednesday is my last day off until next Tuesday. So my schedule's a little bit rough. I hope you guys understand. And we'll try and work good together. I'm still trying to get those Saturday uploads for you guys. I should be able to record Friday night. Probably get Adam. Y'all remember Adam. He hasn't been on in like a month. Bring him back on the podcast. Let him do his thing. Y'all already know Adam. All right. He's he's a weird one, but we love him. All right. Adam's a cool SOB. All right. And a quick announcement I want to make before I get into the episode. If any of y'all are watching from my um, Man 21 league, Y'all, y'all the real OGs. I really do appreciate you guys. It means it means a ton to me because I didn't want to promote the episode on our Discord. The Bengals dude made me. So if y'all are seriously coming over here to listen to this, just truly know it means a ton to me. But without further ado, I'm recording this right after the Red Sox race game on Tuesday. Went 11 innings. I wasn't able to watch most of it. I listened to the last three innings of it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work from the Red Sox from the seventh inning and beyond. Barely allowing even a hit. Pitching held up gorgeously. Who's why am I why am I blanking who's pitching tonight? So Erod pitched six innings, seven strikeouts, seven hits, three earned. Josh Taylor came in and gave us a scoreless inning. I appreciate those. Adam Adovino and Matt Barnes, the same thing. Hirokazu Sawamura came in and gave in his point two innings. And then Dawinson completed it off with a 1.1, no hits, no earned runs, no walks. Dowinson's been a great guy for this team. We're going to go through each guy on this team and what I think of them and all that. We had a new guy come in, Connor Wong, like I talked about. The Rays had a new guy come in, Wanda Franco, who decided, you know, let's just bomb one and get two hits in our debut, you know, because why not? That was the true story of tonight. But We'll get into a ton of that throughout the episode, but this truly put us back in the first place. Red Sox are 44 and 29, sitting well by themselves for the top spot. Rays are 43 and 31, a game and a half back now. Not comfortable lead, not even close to a comfortable lead, but a good enough lead to the point where we could say we are the first place team. How about them Yankees 36 38 I'm sorry give them their give them their fair dues 38 and 34 a basically 500 team at home and a barely above 500 team away five and five in the last 10 they're five and a half games away from us we've we've gotten a sizable lead over the Yankees Yankees might not even make the playoffs think about that let me just see this if the playoffs were to end if the playoffs were to start today, would the Yankees be in the playoffs? So Red Sox, Rays, White Sox, Indians, Astros, Athletics would all be in the playoffs. Uh, it's 38 and 36, 38 and 34. Yankees would be in over them, and the Yankees would. So the Yankees would be the seventh seed going into the playoffs. Seven out of eight. You, you really trust them to go anywhere with that? You really trust them to go in against the two seed who would be the Red Sox that'd be something actually that'd be a series I'm paying good money I will travel up to Boston to go watch a game between I'd locate game two I'd watch game two between the Red Sox and the Yankees 
in that series. That will be an absolute fun one. But Yankees being seventh seed and Royal, uh, not Royals, Mariners, shocking, shockingly, Mariners being the eighth seed. I don't, I mean, realistically, as of right now, if you're a betting man, from what you've seen so far in the season, you're expecting one of four teams to make it to the World Series in the AL side. Astros, White Sox, Red Sox, Yankee, uh, race, not Yankees. If you're a betting man, and the race have skidded. The race are three and seven in the last ten. If you're a betting man, though, those are your four teams you're putting money on. Obviously, y'all know who I'm picking. Right? And I know who you're picking. You won't be listening to this episode if you weren't picking the Red Sox. But anyway... Those are the four teams that I would really put my money on to make it to the finals or the World Series, right? Other than that, Yankees, they suck. Indians don't have the star power to make it. Uh, Twins are way too far back. Mariners, never been there. Haven't been there since Ichiro. They'll never end up getting there. But I, I just can't say that. There might be a time when the Mariners are good, but at that point, you just turn off your... PlayStation or Xbox, and you go to bed. Right now, I want to go through with you guys, and I want to talk about each of these guys on the roster right now. Um, should I do all of them? Yes, yeah, screw it. This is my show. It's going to be, we're going to take a little bit of time on this because it's been two weeks. So I'm going to give my full opinion on every guy on this roster right now. As many as I can typically do from what we've seen. So first... Christian Vasquez, and we're going to go by position. Christian Vasquez, borderline all-star, all right? He's he's great. There's no complaints. All right, he's bats 259, fifth best batter in our, on our team. Nothing too crazy. On-base percentage of a 305, I'll take that every time. If it'll actually let me click his name and let me look at him. Y'all hear me clicking? Okay, it took 18 clicks. For his name to finally show. But yeah, as of right now, down year from last year, in the year before, is a down year. But he's still doing great. You know, he's not doing anything terrible. Let me look at his defense. All right, because with a catcher, that's all I'm looking for is good defense. He played third base for a game this year? What? He played third base for an inning? Who, who allowed that? He's got a um, fielding percentage of 989, which if I had to put that against the best catchers in the game right now, 989, I'm putting pretty high up there. That's still very, 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 very good. But on that, we all know Christian Vasquez, good defensive-minded catcher who's going to give you a 260 Who's going to be good for you in the long run? Okay, if my computer actually wanted to load the tabs that I want, that'd be great. My my computer is struggling right now. All right, come on. Next is Kevin Ploiecki. When Kevin Plucky first came to us in 2020, I was very skeptical of him. All right, and I think I had a right to be. Who would heard of Kevin Ploiecki? Where did he truly come from? I didn't know anything about the dude. Right. He was just kind of there. Right now, he has a negative war. A negative 0.5 war. Right? Where did he come from? He came from Cleveland. That's why I didn't hear about him. 
batted 222 in Cleveland, came to Boston in 2020, and was one of the very few bright spots on this team, batted 341, 393 on-base percentage, almost 400 on-base percentage being the backup catcher. Right? Then comes in this year so far, and is a 254. Right? He's played more games than he did in 2020. Uh, 63 at bats, 254 batting, 319 on base percentage, 349 slugging. It's not bad. I mean, he's got a strikeout sound less than last year. It's just, he's been nowhere as impactful as last year. I mean, last year he had 28 hits, 17 RBIs. This year he has six, uh, 16 hits, three RBIs. He's just not as impactful as last year, which makes sense. Last year, we didn't have nearly as much firepower as we do this year, which is weird to say because this team really isn't all that firepower. It's it's great all-around team. There's just no firepower with it. But do we really need it? I don't know. We have basically, in my opinion, we have seven all-stars. I know this is going to be controversial to some of you. In my opinion, we have seven all-stars. Okay? Vasquez. Bogarts, Devers, Verdugo, JD, Matt Barnes, Garrett Whitlock. We have seven all-stars on this team. Y'all can't really convince me otherwise. I mean, your only argument is Garrett Whitlock hasn't pissed enough innings. Understandable, but he's played like an all-star this season, true or false. Oh, wait. Give me another reason as he hasn't played enough innings. I know he hasn't played enough innings, but... We'll get into Garrett Whitlock once we get to him. But who's next? First base. Ah, my guy. Bobby Dahlbeck. I I don't know about. Actually. No. 219 this season. Seven. Am I reading that right? 76 strikeouts. 76. All right, where's Michael Chavis' numbers? Can you give me Michael Chavis? No. There he is. Michael Chavis is batting 273. We'll get into Chavis later. But for right now, Bobby Talback was great last year where he said if he can just cut down the strikeouts, he's golden. Right? Let's just say Rafael Devers has more than fifth, more than 60 at-bats more than Dahlbeck. And Dahlbeck still has more strikeouts. Dahlbeck is leading this team in strikeouts. He almost has more strikeouts than, let's see. He has more strikeouts than Verdugo. And uh, who else can I put in there? I don't know. Everyone else isn't too, too far behind him, but he's still leading this team in strikeouts with 76. He's just swinging for the fences. It's not really working. He only has nine home runs. Nine doubles, three triples, one stolen base, 11 walks. It doesn't even have an on-base percentage of 300. I don't know what's going on with this kid, but him and Chavis, they really just got to find their groove, and they just haven't found it, which sucks because we all said this was the future of first base. Now we got to say, okay, plan C. Is it Cassis? I don't know. Rafael Devers. Not much to say that hasn't already been said. Due to Monster, he's been proving it again this season. 278 batting average, 341, a 913 
OPS, which I believe is second, uh, third on this team behind Xander and JD. All-star. Can't convince me otherwise. This dude is a, easily a top three third baseman in the AL. Only 24 years old. <laughs> nope. You can't tell me anyone else you would truly want to have for your franchise, not just this year, for a full franchise in this league than Rafael Devers. Why are cars zooming by here at midnight? No idea. But, I mean, the only name you can maybe tell me is Arenado. You told me Arenado. You'd want Arenado playing third base. You got me. All right, but I'll take Rafael Devers any other day of the week. Christian Arroyo. He was another question mark. I said move him after last year. He just didn't pan out. He's 25 years old, and I wasn't too upset about giving him another chance, but he's clearly proven me wrong. He's played 41 games this season, 264 batting, 324. It's just he's consistent, and all the good defensive plays him and Mawin have played at second base and throughout the infield is actually something to see. You know, these dudes... Uh, let me go down to our defense. Team fielding. Christian Arroyo has a fielding percentage of 1,000. He has not made an error yet in 298 innings. Zero errors. Uh, let me see. What's going to say? Yeah, he's played second and shortstop. Pitcher. He's played pitcher. When did Christian Arroyo pitch? Am I forgetting about something? But he's had 54 put-ups and 74 assists. No errors. Just great defensively. Nothing else you could say about that. And realistically, with the offensive firepower, I don't even want to say that because we're not even that like offensively firepower. You know, we're good. I'd say like top five. But I wouldn't call us a firepower offensively but we need him for defense and he provides that Mawin Gonzalez same thing the amount of times I see him at first base and I'm like you know what I'm comfortable with that dude may struggle at the plate batting 195 definitely need that to get better other than that I'm happy with him you know defensively is where we need him at we need a lot of strong studded defensive guys he provides that for us there's no other no other question mark about that. Now, a guy that's not pictured here that I want to talk about is Kike Hernandez. He's missed some time due to injury, so you can't really blame him for that. Actually, no, he's down here. He's listed as center fielder for some reason. So we'll get to him. Xander Bogart's another guy. All-star. Easily 317 batting average. One of the best shortstops in the game. There's nothing else you could say. Entering into those later years of his prime at 28 years old. But I want him playing at shortstop for the next seven years. I don't want anyone else touching the shortstop position for the Boston Red Sox besides Xander Bogarts. Jonathan Arauz only played four games. Still 22. Give him time. Definitely a good backup shortstop. Proved that to us last year that he can step up and be impactful on this team. He played more of a second base role, but he was still very impactful to a very, very struggling team. Chavis, same thing as Bobby Dahlbeck. Insanely struggled, but turned it around. 273. I think that call down to Worcester 
was a real slap in the face. And dude decided, it's my time. I can't let this other kid take my spot. This is my position. He can't even call Bobby Dalbeck a kid because he's younger than Bobby Dalbeck. He's like, this is my this is my position. I want it. Verdugo, everything we wanted out of him from the trade and more. Everything we wanted and more. Kid's unstoppable. Kid's the life of this team. So for my Celtics fans out there, y'all know how Marcus Smart is the heart and soul of the of the Celtics. That's Verdugo's job. He is the heart and soul of this team, bar none. He is the guy out there that's going to give the most, not effort, but is going to show the most effort. He's going to show you that he's having fun. Because if you can't see it, how do you know he's having fun? That's more of his mindset. And I love that kind of mindset. Just show everyone, hey, I'm having the time of my life out here. Either be on my level or back off. And the other guys on this team have really responded to that. And I think last year was just a case of there were no fans. There was nobody to bounce that off of. Everyone else on his team was, well, we suck. There's no reason to be happy. Now, with a mix of fans and them doing insanely well, there's reason to be happy. There's reason to have fun at these games. So that's what Verdugo's doing. All-star, all-star, all-star. French Cordero. I don't want to talk about it. All right, Kike Hernandez hasn't played a lot this year. Third, uh, actually, no, he's played fifty-six games. So he's played, he's played his fair share. Only missed a couple due to injury, but two thirty-three batting average. All I gotta say is I'm okay with it. But where's the Kike of spring training? Where's the six twenty-five batting average Kike that I loved? And I said, oh my god, we got this guy for such a steal. I want that Kike back. Please bring that, bring him back to me. That's all I want. I want that Kike. Bring him back. I want it. I need it. On a Renfro. I want a Kevin Pillar. Moment of silence, my boy, in his nose. I want a Kevin Pillar back. Hunter Renfro is expecting to be the next Kevin Pillar. 257, 315 on base percentage. Very, very solid defensively. But there's just too many times throughout games where I'm listening and there's a ball foul that's three feet away or five, uh, five, six feet away that the commentators will say Hunter Renfro just ran for it and it was out of his reach. And I'm just thinking, Kevin Pillar would have made that. Kevin Pillar would have dove and landed nose first into the corner of the wall just to catch that ball. And he would have been happy leaving the field with a broken nose knowing he made the out for this team. I miss Kevin Pillar. Comment down below or DM me on Instagram at Basketball Podcast or on Twitter at Basketball Podcast if you miss Kevin Pillar as much as I do. That's a trick question. Nobody misses Kevin Pillar as much as I do. Danny Santana, 30 years old, came out of nowhere for this team. I said, who? When he made his first start leading off, dude's batting, not good anymore. But he started off hot. He started off very, very hot. Dude's on a very much of a cold streak right now. It can go either way. I don't know a lot about Danny Santana throughout the older parts of his career. But I really just started to know about him. This year, for the past month or two, what is making the noise? I don't know. But 
he he seems like a polarizing guy. Somebody who's going to take a two-week stretch in the middle of July and hit 400, and then somebody who's going to take a two-week stretch at the end of August and hit 073. Seems like the kind of guy he is consistent defensively, fast guy that we could put as a leadoff, but in that, don't really know. J.D. Martinez, once again, all-star, 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 all-star. Nothing else to say about that. Who is Yaxel Rios, and why has he played a game for us? Am I a casual MLB fan? Who are you? you they still have you in your Tampa Bay gear. But you started in Philly, then went to Pittsburgh, then went to Seattle, then went to Boston. Why are you in Tampa Bay gear? Okay, so he's just traded here. Why are you in Tampa Bay gear? You have an ERA of nine. You pitched two innings. Who are you? Yaxel Rios. DM me also if you've ever heard of that name. Because I don't know who you are. But let's head off to our pitching rotation. Uh, let's sort this by name. So I can get everyone in here. You'll let me. Nah. Can I do age? I want to see everyone. See everyone. There we go. So I can see at least our most prevalent. So the pitcher that's pitched in the most games for us isn't Matt Barnes. It's Adam Adovino. Adam Adovino is one of those guys that I said you give him the closing role no matter what. He's been behind Chapman and Britain. He is enough to be the closing dude. 289 here, right? Four saves, 28 innings. Compared to Matt Barnes, who's been the second best closer in baseball, I still trust this guy. I still trust this guy in the eighth inning. We're up. Let me say this. Game seven in the playoffs. Let's say in the American League Championship Series. Game seven. We're going into the eighth inning. Let's say we're away, right? We end with the two seed. Whoever gets the one seed, let's say uh, the Astros, right? We're going in the bottom of the eighth. We're up one. You put Adam Adovino up there. You put Matt Barnes in the ninth. I know we're winning that game. That's how confident I am. They may get a runner on first. Once. That's all they're getting. We are coming out of that game with a W. The, the, the common three, right? If we could get, let's say... We get Erod on the mound for a game seven. And Erod has a stellar performance where he goes six innings, no earned runs. You have a seven, eight, nine of Whitlock, Ottavino, Matt Barnes. You're not winning that game. You're the other team's not winning that game. That that common three is just too much to handle. Tell me what you're supposed to do about that. All right, let's go into Matt Barnes. There's a win-loss of 750. ERA of 307. I like that. Three ERA for Matt Barnes. It's gone up, but it's still great. About 30 innings pitched, 16 hits, 10 earned runs. Still trust this dude in any situation in the ninth. One out, runners on first and second. He's, he's getting double play. Josh Taylor. 
played a lot, been surprisingly okay. I still don't like him on this team. I don't see a future with Josh Taylor on this Red Sox team. I think he should be gone after this year. Dawinson Hernandez, still very young, 3-2-2 ERA, 20, um, 27 games played, 22 innings pitch. Very, very young guy who's just looking to get experience right now. That's all it is. I expect him in three years to be one of our top three um, pitchers out of the pen. That's my thing for him. Matt Andre East, screw that guy, right? When you leave the Pesky Pole podcast on red, and, and don't even say, it is thing. If he, if he would have said to me, okay, for those of you who don't know, um, a little after Matt Andre East signed here, I sent him a message saying, hey, man, glad to see you on the Red Sox. It's going to be awesome to watch you on this team. He DM'd me back and said, hey, thanks. I'm really looking forward to this opportunity. Something along the lines of that. If y'all don't believe me, I got the DMs. I got proof. And then I said, hey, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to have you on the show, get to talk to you, get to see your expectations with this team. Left me on red. Left me on red. And for that, you get the baseball gods summon you with a 506 ERA. That's all I got to say on this subject. Garrett Whitlock, the man, the myth, the legend. See the difference? When you leave the Pesketball podcast on red versus when you actually come on the show, is the difference between a 506 ERA and a 157 ERA. Garrett Whitlock, remember, is only 25 years old. Garrett Whitlock is on the Yankees. Garrett Whitlock is an all star. He should be an all star. Put these numbers, let me, let me look this up real quick. Let's look at the best closer in in the league this year. Rawls Chapman. As much as we'd hate to say that as Red Sox fans, he has been statistically the best closer in the league. Pitched the same amount of innings as Chapman. Has a better ERA than Chapman. Obviously does not have more saves because he is... Because um, Garrett Whitlock isn't a closer on this team. Let's see, a whip. Chapman has a 1098. Let's load. Well, let's load. Um, Whitlock has a 119, so very close. Strikeouts per nine, 9.4. Chapman probably has the advantage in that. Strikeouts per nine, yeah, he has 15. Walks, 4.6 to Whitlock's. 2.6. So Whitlock doesn't allow nearly as many walks. It allows about half the walks as Chapman. As you can see, this guy that we picked up with the fourth pick from the Yankees is matching up toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best closer in baseball. There's nothing else to say about that. He, he just is. He's been statistically our best pitcher by far, bar none. Show me, show me where you don't think I'm wrong. Like I said, the start of this episode, Garrett Whitlock is an all-star. You can fight me. Garrett Whitlock's an all-star. Phillips Valdez. I, I want to see him have a place with this team. I really, really do. But it's just not there. Dude's 29. 
has a 4-2-4 ERA. It's just not going to go anywhere but down here. And he's struggling to even get time on this team. He's been going down to Worcester a lot. Nathan Eovaldi, under a 4 ERA, 31 years old. Nothing to complain about there. Pavetta, I would say young, but he's 28 years old with a 4-3-6. I would like that to be sub-4, but nothing crazy. Martin Perez. No, excuse me, doing Martin Press things. Five and four record, four three two ERA. Nothing out of the ordinary. I want him to be our number five starter in a perfect world. And Garrett Richards, I wish he wasn't a starter. Four three six ERA, four and four record. Just too old to really have a place on this team. Should be gone after this year. Erod, it's been a struggle year. Six two one ERA. Been a struggle year for Erod, but I mean. After coming back from myocarditis, what do you expect from a guy? I didn't expect the world coming from him. What he's given us is plenty enough. Austin Bryce, screw you. Brandon Workman, I really hope it works out. So far it has with a 2-3-5 ERA through eight games. You're holding your own. I'm proud of you. Tanner Houck, still young. What the hell with these cars? Tanner Houck, still playing time. Yaxel Rios, who are you? Edward Brazardo, you're still young. Christian Arroyo, why did you pitch? Colton Brewer, you don't deserve a place in this team with a 36 ERA. Brandon Brennan, I don't know who you are. Ryan Weber, so sorry you got hit in the face with the ball, but you don't deserve a spot on this team. And Mawin Gonzalez apparently pitched in inning. Why? Why did he do that? We were probably losing by 30. That's why. All right, now that I've gone through literally every guy on this roster, there's one I didn't talk about. We called up a prospect, Connor Wong, right? Now, he is part two of the Mookie Betts trade, the first obviously being Alex Verdugo, and the second, or the third being Jeter Downs. Kevin Pluecki, um suffered a left hamstring strain. So here are the things you need to know about Wong from boston.com by tom westerholm wong struggled offensively he hit just 148 in 16 games wong has one home run at seven rbis in 16 at bats defensive guy he can play multiple positions including catcher second and third he played outfield in college there's a calm behind the plate alex core told reporters on tuesday there's not a lot of emotion he just goes about his business He's a good athlete. His at-bats in spring training, his, his controlled strike zone, which is very important. We are pleased with his progress. Something tells me him and Garrett Whitlock would get along very well with this team. Wong wasn't the only prospect of interest in Worcester. When Wong was called up, blah, 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 Jaron Duran. Okay. And that's about it. But what are your guys' expectations with Connor Wong? I want to bounce that off for you guys. So let me know in the comments or DM me. Connor Wong, where's his place in this team? I say he's the next Christian Vasquez when Christian Vasquez eventually gets too old. So, I have one more thing for you. And I kind of want, actually, let me just talk about the sticky substances real quick. Oh, let me take a swig. This is water, don't worry. I ain't, I don't drink that much. I'm I'm trying new new beers. Yes, I am twenty two. Alright. But I'm trying new things. Trying new kinds of beers. Seeing what I like, what I don't. Uh there was this lemonade that I had. 
this alcoholic lemonade. It's not Mike's Hard. It was like more expensive. It was $4 a can. It was very, very good. Didn't have a lot of that bitter alcohol taste. Because I have I have very active taste buds, so I taste a lot more of that bitter taste in beer. Same with coffee. That's why I don't drink any, any coffee is because I, I have a lot of um, taste buds. So those receptors are a lot stronger. So I taste it a lot more. It sucks because I'm never able to have coffee. I don't drink any energy drinks. So the uh, sticky substances, that's what I was talking about. I mean, I get it that the Yank, that the league is trying to crack down on this, but why in the middle of the season? If a player's already used to having something, letting him completely switch off of that in the middle of the season is terrible. can lead to injuries, which we already saw with a pitcher that I'm forgetting his name. I think he played for the Rays, but it was a terrible timing. And now we got to go out here and check pitchers in the middle of innings and at the end of innings. Right? Who was it that was pissed? Uh, Scherzer, I think. Scherzer was pissed that they were coming out to check him in the middle of the game, which I'm completely on Scherzer's side. You should have no right to be checking a dude in the middle of the inning. Wait till the inning's over. You want to check him? That's fine. But not in the middle of an inning. No. You want to talk about speeding up the game? That's the exact opposite. But anyway, final thing I want to talk about, the Yankees. And the Red Sox might be doing a bidding war for a couple guys around the league. Team that struggled hard this year. Definitely going to get rid of this guy. Yankees and Red Sox are two of the biggest teams to go after him. Keitel Marte. Now everybody like Keitel Marte. Very good defensive center fielder. Can really be a boost to this. Red Sox team, let Renfro go to the bench, let Marwin go to the bench, let Keitel be able to slide into right field, let Verdugo stay in center field because that's where he's gotten comfortable with, or Verdugo if he likes right field more. Doesn't matter. Keitel Marte can play anywhere in the outfield. I don't really trust him with the wall, but we'll see what happens. Yankees and Red Sox both might be fighting for his services. So don't be surprised if we get into bidding war. I just don't want to see one of my prospects that I've had in the show get traded. I'm going to be heartbroken. Right, another guy is... Where is he? Where? I just saw him. Oh, um, another Marte. Sterling Marte. Miami Marlins. Been doing decent this year, but nowhere near a World Series winning team. We can all agree on that. So... One of these two teams could pick up Sterling Marte. In a perfect world, I said we pick up Keitel Marte. Yankees go trade for Sterling Marte. Let's be civil here. We'll meet you guys, it, hopefully, in the playoffs if if you can make it there. Right? I don't want to set the bar too high, but if you can make it to the playoffs, we'll see you there. But with that being said, that's all I got for you guys on this episode. It's been a fun one. All right. It's been great to come back here. It is 1230 in the morning. I am tired as all hell. I'm posting this and then I'm going to bed and I will let you guys know that it's posted in the morning. But with that being said, one good thing that's happened to me this week, I've gotten two new jobs. All right, I mentioned the um, the DQ one, but I got a job in dance for teaching for now. I'm hoping to still become a performer, but for now I've landed a teaching job that I'm hoping to start very soon. And life's been going pretty good for me. All right, I've got nothing to thank but the good Lord. Right, good Lord's been very kind to me. I'm hoping that it shows me a little more kindness and a little more love being able to get into a professional ballet company. But it's all up to him. 
at whatever his journey is for me is what I go with. If it's going with a professional company, I'll be more than ecstatic. If it's not going with a professional company, I'll be just happy. Who knows what the world has for us, am I right? But I hope you guys do have an amazing week. I will see you guys on Saturday. God bless you guys. You truly, you don't know how much your, your help. You are a help to me when it comes to this. I'm, I'm a dude sitting in his bedroom making a podcast for the past year and a half. This bedroom, not this bedroom. I started this at Dean College with episode one. But from episode three, this is where the magic started right here. And to see you guys here with me a year and a half later, almost a year and a half later, means a ton to me. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for watching. Once again, I believe this is episode 77. God bless you guys. Hopefully you guys are having an amazing week. I will see you Saturday. Let's roll that out to music. See you next time. I have a dream. That's all I need. I'll make it happen with some work and belief. Know what I want. I'll take it on I've made mistakes But mistakes make you strong Let's break it down for a minute I want the crown I'm gon' get it You hear me loud man I'm winning Yeah Charlie Sheen will be grinning These ladies know that I'm sinning And this is just the beginning I'm closing in the night thinning There ain't no point in resisting Living life like a dream They did right that's the thing Every night got a team I've been tied to the scene Out on stage here on screen Okay this the dream And I pray as a team One day it be me If I want it then I get it Head down don't regret it Push myself to the limit If I play it then I win it I'm just saying I'm just living for today For a minute I don't stay I just lose it Have no shame I admit it I can to see if I succeed, to see if I believe, they're looking up to me. They want the best of me now, best of me now, best of me now, best of me. They want the best of me now, best of me now, best of me now, best of me.
They want the best of me now, best of me now, best of me now, best of me. They want the best of me now, best of me now, best of me now, best of me. They want the best of me.